Hello everyone and welcome to The Three Ball. I'm your host Sam, and in today's podcast we are going to be doing the Minnesota Timberwolves off-season guide. And if you don't know how these off-season guides work, I basically use the logistical breakdown for a team as well as their current player personnel in order to give advice on what I believe a team should attempt to do this off-season slash what I think the team might be looking to do this off-season, and the order in which we're doing the teams, since we've already finished all the non-lottery teams and we're into the teams that make the playoffs, we're going from time that the team got eliminated, so today is the Timberwolves, tomorrow is the Clippers, and so on and so forth. But before I get into that, I very, 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 very briefly want to touch on Heat Heat Nuggets game too, because I'm going to talk a lot about this game in Thursday's podcast after Game 3. After Game 3, I'll make a Nuggets Heat Finals update and then probably another one after Game 5 and so on. I'll, I'll, don't worry, I, I got the finals on tap. I did not wake up to watch this one, but I did watch it this morning, so I do. I, I did watch it. I did, I did watch every possession. And just a great win for Miami. Denver had control the majority of the game. Miami stormed back in that fourth quarter. Shout out to Duncan Robinson. Shout out to Kevin Love for coming in and giving valuable minutes after not having played in a couple of games. So Love and Robinson both deserve a lot of credit, as well as the obvious guys like Jimmy, Bam, you know, Spolstra, those type of guys, Gabe Vincent, y'all know those guys all deserve credit. Jokic, they they took away all of Jokic's other options and and they made him score. It kind of worked. I'm sure Jokic had 40-41, I believe, but he only had four assists, and I think if you're Miami, you live with that. But that is, I guess I'm keeping that brief so that I can talk more about this Minnesota team. So for those of you listening on YouTube, there is going to be a spreadsheet popping up on your screen right now. And for those of you just listening, I will explain the spreadsheet. So the first thing is the depth chart for this team. And basically, it's just a depth chart with contract links and like team options, player options, stuff like that. So the point guard position, Mike Conley, is he's the starting point guard. He's on a one-year deal. Behind Conley is Jordan McLaughlin. He's also on a one-year deal. Behind McLaughlin is Jalen Noel. He's a free agent this offseason. And behind him is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's a pending free agent this offseason, but he is an RFA. So they can match any offer that, that any other team gives to him. Starting at shooting guard is Anthony Edwards. He's on a one-year deal, that, and he'll be restricted after that year. Behind him is Alexander-Walker and Noel. We talked about both of them. Behind Noel is Austin Rivers. He's a free agent this offseason. And behind Rivers is Wendell Moore Jr., who's on a three-year deal, including two team options before he hits restricted free agency. Starting at small forward is Jaden McDaniels. He has one year left before he becomes a restricted free agent. Behind him is Torian Prince. He's on a one-year deal. Behind Prince is Kyle Anderson. He's on a one-year deal. Starting at power forward is Carl Anthony Towns. He's on a five-year deal, including a player option. And what I mean by that is that he's on a one-year deal and then has a four-year contract extension. And that last year of that contract extension is a player option. Behind Towns is Kyle Anderson. Behind Anderson is Nathan Knight. He's on a one-year deal, but there is a team option. So he could be a free agent this offseason if the Timberwolves decide that they don't want him. And then behind Knight is Josh Minot. He's on a three-year deal, including a team option, maybe two. And then lastly, the center position, we have Rudy Gobert. He has three years left, including a player option. Behind Gobert is Reed, or is, I said I said Reed, it's Nas Reed. He's a free agent this offseason. Behind Reed is Carl Anthony Towns and Nathan Knight, and we already talked about both of those guys. So that is the depth chart, 
and contract lengths for this Wolves roster. Moving on to their salary cap table for the upcoming season, and this salary cap is assuming that all player options are accepted and no players are brought back. So Rudy Gobert is expected to make around $41 million next year, Carl Anthony Towns 36, Mike Conley 24, but that is partially guaranteed. He's guaranteed like 14.3 million to be like exact, and that and he'll be like full. He will be fully guaranteed 48 hours after the draft. I think it was really specific, so that's going to be June 24th of this of this month. Then you have Anthony Edwards expected to make 14 mil. Kyle Anderson nine. Torian Prince is non-guaranteed, but he's expected to make seven. He'll be guaranteed on June 28th. Jane McDaniels is expe- is going to make four million. Wendell Moore two. Jordan McLaughlin, who's non-guaranteed two, he'll be guaranteed on June 30th. Nathan Knight's partially guaranteed two. He and but he will be guaranteed. He's going to be guaranteed three hundred thousand dollars if his team option is accepted. He'll be fully guaranteed on January tenth of next year. Then lastly, Josh Minot also at two million dollars for a grand total of one hundred forty-three million dollars on the books for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And with this one forty-three figure, this is going to leave the Wolves with about negative nine million dollars in projected cap room if the cap is at. The, the projected value of $134 million. And then that would leave them with about $19 million in projected luxury tax room if the luxury tax is at the 162 figure that it's projected to be at. Now is the first round picks for the Timberwolves. And if y'all see the spreadsheet, y'all know it's <laughs> y'all y'all know how few picks there are. And for those of you, those of you listening, I will explain it. So they have no pick this year that goes to the Jazz. Next year, they have their pick, so they have their 2024 pick. In 2026, they have a pick, but it's the worst pick of theirs and Utah's, so Utah can decide to swap either, you know, they can either decide to swap their pick with the Wolves or not, and then in 2028, the Timberwolves have their own pick again, because they gave up up four first-round picks and a pick swap in that Rudy Gobert trade, which is basically all their first-round picks, so they don't have any. So they literally only have three over the course of the of, of 2023, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Over the next seven years, they have three picks. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, they have second round picks and they may move up in the first round, but they only have three at the current moment in time. We're going to go ahead now and transition into the player personnel outlook for the Timberwolves team because I think that this is probably what's more important right now. Going into the season, Minnesota probably was not expected to finish 8th in the Western Conference, especially after giving up 5 players, 4 picks, and a swap for Rudy Gobert. But that's just how, you know, it sort of ended up for them. And that they ended up losing in 5 to the Western Conference champions, the Denver Nuggets. And, it, I mean, it wasn't that bad of a series. They won, at what, I think they won Game 4, maybe Game 3. I don't, I don't know. I can guarantee you they lost game five because they lost in five games. And, 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 and this, this eight seed that was sort of unexpected, it could be a result of Carl Anthony Towns' injury that limited him to only 29 regular season games. But that's not a, really a playoff excuse because they had him for the playoffs and they still got beat fairly easily. The only player that they did not have in the playoffs, the only significant one, was Jaden McDaniels, which is pretty important because McDaniels is really valuable. I'll talk about him more later. But, you know, Cat's injury 
like I said, limited him to twenty limited him to twenty nine games, which is not what you want out of him. And in those twenty nine games, Cat was like he he was not his usual self. He only he only scored twenty point eight points a game. He averaged eight point one rebounds and he averaged four point eight assists. His shooting splits were still pretty good, but they weren't as good as they have been in the past. Forty nine point five percent from the field, thirty six point six from three. Not like they're not; those are not bad shooting splits in and of themselves. But when you're used to maybe a little bit more, then it's not exactly ideal. And 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 in the, the typical season, Cap puts up puts up closer to 25 points a game rather than 21. So that that's four or five. It's like 25, 26 usually. That's four or five points that he lost out on this year. And honestly, I'm not sure why that happened. I have some theories. One is that you know injury hangover in the second half of the year. That definitely happens, right? They're trying to like sort of ease him back in, into the lineup almost, but that may be hard for the player. So I, I could see why that would have affected him, or it could just be the fact that he was playing power forward alongside another center. He hasn't really done that in his career. That that may have been it. Or the the other one is the Anthony Edwards jump. I'll talk more about Anthony Edwards later. But if, you know, Anthony Edwards jumps. He takes more shots. That that you know that lowers Cat's individual role, and when Cat comes back from injury, Anthony Edwards is the guy, you, you know? So that, that, that that's another theory as to why Carnathony Towns may not, may have had a worse individual season than expected. And this season combined with the past couple of years, I think it started after the Memphis series last year that they lost in six. There's Cat trade rumors, and honestly... I'm not opposed to a Carl Anthony Towns trade. Honestly, I'm I'm not. But if Minnesota does decide to trade him, I think that they're probably going to look for a point guard or a small forward slash power forward since Jaden McDaniels can play either one. If, you know, he, he could play either one. It doesn't really matter. So they're going to either go for a point guard or a guard. But if you really need to, Anthony Edwards can play point guard. He could play small forward. So I don't think the position you're trading for really matters. Just don't trade for another center. That's really the only thing. But the 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 thing with trading Carl Anthony Towns, right, is if you if you uh, trade him, you're you're going to want to stay competitive because of all the trades you made for Gobert. There's no reason to tank right now. Anthony Edwards is on the up. You don't want to lose him in a few years. He's on the up, and in order to keep him around, in order to remain competitive and feel like you got value out of the Gobert trade, you're gonna need to get value out of Towns if you're gonna trade him. But if you're trading Cat, chances are that you're not going to get competitive pieces back, since most of the teams who are wanting to trade for Cat are looking to add Towns to their, you know, to their to their team structure, rather than retool the team. Sure, there are some teams looking to retool, but there's not that many. The only one that I could that I came up with on the spot when I was making this these notes was the Atlanta Hawks in return for John Collins, maybe Sadiq Bay. But Atlanta doesn't really have many picks because they traded them all to San Antonio for DeJounte Murray. That would be an interesting trade. I, I, I also saw Brooklyn Nets in rumors. I could see why they would do that, but I don't know if you want Cat playing the four again. But even even if the Hawks make that trade, Cat's going to be playing the four in Atlanta. So I think he just needs to get used to playing the four wherever he is, in Minnesota, somewhere else. I think it's just going to make him more valuable if, I don't know what he's thinking, if he doesn't want to be in Minnesota, then he may not be able he may have to learn to play the four more consistently. From what I've heard, I don't think it'll be Cat wanting to wanting to leave. That will be why he would, and you know why he would leave. I think it'll be the team wanting him to leave. Another another thing with Cat, right? This year he's gonna make about 
about I saw forty one. That's Gobert. He's gonna make about thirty six million dollars. But after this season, a contract extension kicks in for him, and that contract is massive. It is absolutely massive. It's upwards of fifty million. I it may even it may even you know dabble into sixty millions by the end of the uh, by the end of that four year contract extension. It's four year contract extension. That that's massive. That's absolutely massive. So. You know, if he's not a guy that Minnesota wants around, then I mean, obviously Carly Towns is a great player. You would want him around, but if he's not a guy you don't see fitting into your core, fifty fifty to sixty million dollars is a lot of money to play to pay anybody, especially a guy who's not the superstar of the team. Because I believe that that role goes to Anthony Edwards. And one more thing before I go to Edwards, one more thing about Cat. I I, I definitely think that they should explore trade options. Only pull the trigger if it's a trade that you really, really like, because Cat is on a long-term deal. He's going to be there. You can build with this core. This core is locked in place. I mean, there's a couple adjustments they need to make, but otherwise this core is basically set for now. If, they, if they're going to win with this core, it's there. It's there for them. So, like I said, Cat's going to be there a while. That, that, that may turn out to be a good thing. But he's also going to have more trade value in a longer contract. Sometimes. Some players have more value in a long contract. Some players don't. I don't know what Cat's value would look like there. But who, who knows? Definitely explore those trade options, but only do one that helps them retool in a way that, they can, that can keep them competitive. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to Anthony Edwards. And if, let's just say hypothetically they do make that, that Carl Anthony Towns trade. They should not get another ball-dominant guy. They really, really shouldn't because I believe that job should belong to and basically does belong to Anthony Edwards. He's a restricted free agent next next offseason. This is the last year of his rookie deal. After that he can you know, he can make tons of money and Minnesota can offer him a contract extension this offseason and they should offer him the max. That's going to be inevitable. They're going to offer Anthony Edwards the max contract which is reasonable. Anthony Edwards is incredible. He, I, I, I firmly believe he is the best player in that draft class, at least off the top of my head. The other guys coming to me are James Wiseman. He's definitely better than, and then Lamelo Ball. I, be, I would take Anthony Edwards over Lamelo Ball. A hun, uh, in my, in my opinion, a hundred percent. Anthony Edwards does not have the injury problems that Lamelo does, and I like Ant's game more, just, just personally. And honestly, funny funny tangent. I saw Anthony Edwards playing at Georgia one time in in the SEC tournament. I remember it vividly, but I I won't go into detail about it. But he didn't really. I mean, he wasn't bad, right? But he did not look like the best player in college basketball or a guy who's going to be one of the best players in the NBA. But turns out, you know, th- things can change, man. Things can change in, in in a year or two. And now look at him. I think he is the franchise guy. Therefore, he's probably going to get a maximum contract. It's inevitable. It's inevitable for a player of his caliber, and then another another player who is who should receive a contract extension this offseason is Jane McDaniel's. You know he's a lengthy three and D forward. He shoots the ball efficiently, fifty two percent from the field, about forty percent from three, and that's extremely valuable in today's league, especially at twenty two or twenty three years old. No reason not to bring him back. He's really really good. And chances are that his contract is going to be between twenty to twenty-eight million dollars a year, similar to guys like DeAndre Hunter. I think Hunter's deal is like four ninety-five, which is kind of crazy for DeAndre Hunter. He's not a bad player, but four ninety-five—that that's crazy that Atlanta was willing to play him that. And then another guy that 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 
you know, a, a contract for McDaniels might look similar to is is Mikael Bridges. I th- those are the sort of players that he sort of you know he, he sort of compares with. Obviously, Bridges are on the bigger and better things. We're talking more Phoenix Bridges, who I, I still think is better than McDaniels right now. You know, you know Bridges a couple years ago, and it's, it's better than McDaniels right now. But McDaniels is still incredible. But I think Minnesota just just hammer out that extension because. He's he's a really skillful player. He's gonna be valuable to a competitive team. I think that they just lock him lock, lock him in, lock Edwards in. At that point, you have Cat, you have McDaniel's, you have Edwards, you have Gobert. All those guys are secured, and you are, and and you're and you're fine. One thing that I do want to talk about about Gobert real quick is that it's going to be hard now for Minnesota to go get another superstar if they wanted to. I know that this is sort of random at the moment. I didn't put this on the notes, but I just thought of it now. But it's going to be really, really hard for Minnesota to change its core. It's going to be really, really, really difficult because they already made their they're all in. You know, they they already made all you know pushed the chips in. They already went all in. They went all in for Rudy Gobert. That was their decision, and I think they're probably regretting it. Because me, I'd rather have Walker Kessler and not have given up the heart of the team, Patrick Beverly. The best shooter on the team, arguably, I think he was, Malik Beasley. Another great defender in Jared Vanderbilt. They gave up all those guys. And then you got Rudy Gobert, who's not significantly better than Walker Kessler right now. So, I mean, it really wasn't a great trade looking back on it. I think Timberwolves fans are probably upset with it. As a Grizzlies fan, I'm upset we traded the Walker Kessler's pick away, to be honest with you. But I, I, I think that trading for Gobert makes it difficult to change this core. So I think they're, you you got to keep it intact because you want to get value out of the Gobert trade because you're not going to be able to trade him again. You're not going to get that value back. And, it's gonna be, and you're, you're not going to be able to go get another player because you're going to have to start paying guys. Cat's going to be making 50-plus mil. Gobert's going to be making 40 mil. Edwards is going to be making a ton of money. McDaniels is going to be making a good bit of money. You're not going to be able to get guys in free agency. You're not going to be able to get guys via trade unless you trade one of those guys, as well as some other pieces. It's going to be really hard for them to change this core because of that Rudy Gobert trade. They already went all in. So you you might as well lock it in at this point and try to try try to be competitive with this team they've built, and then maybe you look to trade. And I think the guy that's going to be the easiest to trade, Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe Jane McDaniel's, but I don't think you want to trade him. I think he's more valuable just because of what he does. Well, maybe not more valuable than Cat. Maybe just more safe because of what he does. I feel like Cat would probably get a better return. I, I don't I don't know how to put that, but I I, I think they would favor trading Cat. I would at least. Okay, that was a little bit of a tangent. I apologize. We're gonna go back to this off season and talk about free agency for this Timberwolves team because it's gonna be pretty busy. They have four guys, potentially five, who could be walking this free agency, and they need to make decisions on them. and And that's not to mention other free agents. Not other free agents that they could bring in, and guys with non-guaranteed deals. They they have a pretty you know th- this this could be a, a pretty important offseason. I think the next year could be more important, but this year is pretty pretty important for this Timberwolves team. And the most important free agent I think that the, on this year by far is Nas Reed. You, you look at the stats he put up this season: eleven point five points, four point nine rebounds. 
He shot the ball 54% from the field, about 35% from three, which isn't great, but for a center, you 100% take 35% on good volume, 3.2 a game. That's good volume. He played 68 games, started 11, played 18.4 minutes a game. He's really, really valuable as a backup big who can start, but that's the thing. He's a backup big who can start. And from hit, from Nas Reed's perspective, his, you know, his role could increase elsewhere. It could increase elsewhere, and and that's something that he needs to weigh. He needs to weigh that. But I think that Minnesota, at the end of the day, can offer more money than some of these other teams can. And that at least Minnesota with two options. You bring him back, or if teams need to make cap room, you sign and trade. You at least get some value, but I would definitely advise keeping keeping Nas Reed around. And and some teams that might be interested in a guy like Nas Reed are teams like the Lakers. And if you think about the Lakers, Nas Reed would just be perfect. He would be absolutely perfect on the Los Angeles Lakers. And just just for it'll be a win-win, right? The Lakers get a shooting center, allowing Anthony Davis to play power forward. Then you have Vanderbilt and Hachimura. Well, Hachimura may not be back. You have Vanderbilt on the bench to be a you know a nice forward defender. You have LeBron, you have, you know, whoever you start at the two, Austin Reeves, if, if they get him back, and then who knows what their point guard situation is going to look like with D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, who knows. But that, that would be a great fit. Reed's gonna be able, Reed will be able to start there. I would see the interest there potentially being mutual. Plus, Reed has former teammates there in Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, and he gets to play with LeBron James. There's a lot of benefits for Nas Reed. But Minnesota could offer a larger deal, and that that might be able to sway Reed back. But that that would not be without a cost. That would be a f- probably fifteen million dollar contract, which may be more than you want to pay for Nas Reed. But who knows? Who knows? Another important free agent is Nikhil Alexander Walker. In the playoffs this year, he started four out of five games in place of the injured Jaden McDaniels, and he was honestly really solid in the playoffs. He played over thirty-seven minutes twice, and I think that Minnesota can lure him back. Without too much trouble, you know he's a he is a restricted free agent. At the end of the day, they can get him back, and I don't think he's going to have a ton of league-wide interest. So I think that Minnesota can get him back on a pretty team, you know, a team-friendly deal. And then comes Jalen Noel, and and Noel, he's he's sort of like Cam Thomas in in some senses, where he has flashes of greatness on offense. But I I like Thomas more to be honest with you. He has flashes of greatness on offense, but he's he's too inconsistent in in the other aspects of his game. And what by that I mean, you know, rebounding, passing, and defending. I don't. Yeah, it's it's not great. Just to be quite honest, it's not great. And his three point three point efficiency is also pretty 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 bad. It's uh, what's that? It's at twenty eight point nine percent. Sheesh, that's not good for a guard. That is not good. That's not good for any player. More you know, more you know, emphasized by the fact that he is a guard. It's even worse. So that's that's not great. There's a chance there's a chance that Minnesota lets him go. There's honestly a chance that Minnesota lets him go, and this would not only you know open up more opportunities for some of their other guards, but it would also give them more money to bring back like Nas Reed. You know, it would it would give them more fi- financial flexibility, which they may need, because if if, if they start signing all these guys and they're going to get an absolute, you know, they're they're going to get absolutely stuck. In, in in contracts, and that's not a spot that you want to be in. So we'll see what they do with Jalen Noel. And then, then the last guy who's certainly going to be a free agent is Austin Rivers. And, and, and I think that if Minnesota can get him back for a minimum contract, 
or like really close to a minimum contract, then they might as well do it. There's no reason not to, I, I think. But if if he's gonna tr- want like five mil, it's it's not worth it for his output at this point in his career. If you look at this season alone, Rivers averaged about five, not quite five points a game, one point four assists, one point six rebounds. Shot the ball 35% from three, 43.5% from the field. Played 52 games, 19.5 minutes a game. That's really not great output. So I, I think you would only bring him back if there's no reason not to bring him back. But there's there's a decent chance that he just walks. And then lastly, there is... But wait, wait one more thing about Austin Rivers. But like if Jalen Noel leaves, then Austin Rivers might become more necessary. So you may want him back. If you can get him on a minimum or close to one, bring him back. Otherwise... Just go find someone in free agency or with a second round pick. It'll be uh, they'll be fine. And the last the last guy who could be a free agent is Nathan Knight. He has a team option, and this is completely up to Minnesota. Do they want Knight? Is is the simple question, or would they rather let him go and maybe in his place, you know, convert Luca Garza to a real contract because he was not bad. He was not bad in his minutes, but he's on a two-way deal. Maybe they get him instead to be a backup big. Maybe they go sign a backup big. Who knows? But if if they if if Reed does, if, if they're getting the feeling that Reed wants to go, then they may have to accept Knight's option or even decline Knight's option and give him a larger contract. Who knows what Minnesota is thinking? But if if they really 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 want to create cap space, this is like desperation. We need cap space. There's this free agent we can go get. I highly doubt that's going to be a situation that's going to arise. But if they really really wanted to to create cap space. They could cut guys who are non-guaranteed, and specifically those guys are Conley, Torian Prince, or Jordan McLaughlin. I doubt any of them are cut because all of these guys are valuable for many different reasons, and they're all important rotational guys. McLaughlin, he's only two million dollars. There's no reason to cut him, especially if you're gonna, if, especially if you're gonna let Noel walk, or if you're gonna let Rivers walk. It's just going to make Jordan McLaughlin that much more valuable. So there's really no reason to cut him, and it's $2 million, it's not going to kill you. Conley, I mean, he's he's guaranteed 14 mil, so you're going to have to pay him, which you, you might as well just keep him at that point. Sure, you might be shaving $10 million by cutting him, but he's the current starting point guard, and he's, he's a very solid, steady point guard. He's not going to need the ball in his hands too much to make an impact. As a Grizzlies fan, Mike Conley's my second favorite NBA player of all time, behind Ja, which... That, that's just a biased Grizzlies fan perspective. But I love Mike Conley. I loved him when he was in Memphis. He was great in Utah. I still think he is a great, consistent basketball player. Sure, he's making too much money, but he's still pretty good. Worst case, you run into next season starting him. He's a very, like I said, he's very steady. He will be fine. I don't think you're upset with him starting. I just think you're upset with him making the amount of money that he is and starting. I think that's more of the issue with Conley, and and the same thing goes for Torian Prince with as, as these other guys. He's an important backup forward who, like, al- he, along with Kyle Anderson, Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince, were both very valuable when Towns was out. I know that Anderson started more, but Prince was still extremely valuable as a as a backup four, as a backup three, doing his job, and I really like his game. Sure, he, did, he missed some three-pointer. He missed some three-pointer. I forget what the context was, but I feel like he missed some... Im- 
I, I feel like I could have won them a game or something. I could just be saying crap, but I'm pretty sure Torian Prince missed a three-pointer that could have given him stuff. I don't think, you know, everyone misses threes. I don't think that that should be what stays in the minds of Minnesota fans and the organization. So I, I think he's back because he is, at the end of the day, a very solid player. And, and overall, I expect Minnesota to keep a very similar roster. Like I said, because of the Rudy Gobert trade, this core is its going to be difficult to add players to it. It's going to be really, really difficult to add players to it. They're not going to be—they're not really going to be able to gain value through their players, unless it's like Cat. The only guys that are, you're going to be able to get significant value back out of are 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 the the pieces that are in your core. So they—they the, they already made their all-in trade. So it's—they it, might as well just bring the team back, be competitive, have a full season of experience with this team. If they go to next season with a starting lineup of Conley, Edwards, McDaniels, Towns, Gobert, one, I expect it. Two, it's not bad. And then off the bench, you have, hopefully you get Nas Reed back, Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jordan McLaughlin. That's not a bad team. You get a free agent or two, and you're chilling. That's that's not a bad roster. I expect a very similar roster back on the uh, back on this season, or back on the team this year. And then if it worst comes to worst next year, you evaluate some of these guys once Conley, McLaughlin, Prince, Anderson, even maybe Nathan Knight. When all those guys could be free agents next offseason. McDaniels and Edwards, even if they are, they'll be back. So maybe you evaluate more next offseason. Otherwise, but no matter what they do, I think that they, they should just keep this team for this next season, see how it goes, and then maybe you make some moves. Maybe the deadline, who knows? We'll see what they do. And that's most of it for the Timberwolves. In recap, look into potential trades for Carl Anthony Towns, but don't force any trades because he's still a really good basketball player when he is healthy, and you haven't seen this full team together. Give him one more year alongside Gobert, a full year of them together, and, and then maybe you pull the trigger on a, on a trade that you maybe settle, have to settle for a little bit. Maybe you save some cash there. Who, who knows what a trade there would look like. Another offseason goal is re-signing Nas Reed. He is the most important free agent from this roster, and if Minnesota loses him, then they're going to lose center depth. They're going to lose a stretch big. Sure, they already have they, sure they already have one in Cat, but it's nice to have multiple. He has to be offseason priority number one when it comes to keeping guys around. Uh, no matter what, honestly, I think besides the extensions, he is offseason priority number one. Speaking of the extensions, make sure to give those extensions to McDaniel's, to Edwards. Both of them deserve them. It would ease the load next offseason because it could be it could be more heavy next offseason when they have to make more heavy decisions. I, I know I used that word twice, but who cares? And then the last thing, just make decisions on the other free agents and and Nathan Knight, because he is a team option. But make decisions on Alexander Walker, on Noel, on Rivers, and then sign free agents to fill their roles because I don't think I I I, I would be surprised if Noel is back, but he could be. If you can get him on a cheap deal bring him back. Rivers, if you can get him on a minimum or close to a minimum, bring him back. Alexander Walker, he's a restricted free agent. He should not be too hard to bring back. And like I said, sign, sign in free agents to fill the gaps because there are some decent free agents that they could get who would, you know, be valuable to this team. Maybe a Kelly Oubre potentially. He would fit really nice with a backup 2-3. That would not be a bad option. Who knows what Minnesota looks to do in free agency. But that is going to do it for this Timberwolves offseason guide. If y'all did enjoy it, make sure to show support on whatever service you are listening on. Tomorrow is the Los Angeles Clippers. We get to talk about Kawhi and Paul George. It should be pretty fun. But thank you all for listening today. And until next time, 
I'm out.